The Small Business Rundown is the official podcast of the National Federation of Independent Business, the member-driven voice of small business. NFIB and our members advocate to keep America's small businesses strong and independent in Washington, D.C., all 50 states, and the nation's courts. Welcome to the Small Business Rundown, a bi-weekly podcast with information on independent businesses' victories and challenges in Washington, D.C. and state capitals. I'm Adam Temple, NFIB's Senior Vice President of Advocacy. And a quick note for listeners, given the way election news moves quickly, I'd like to mention that we're recording this episode on Friday, November 10th, just three days after the November 7th elections. Today, we're talking about a key issue in Colorado that was on the ballot this past election day, and a small business owner from Colorado is joining us, Bonnie Rorig, as well as Tony Gagliardi, our NFIB State Director in Colorado, and Tim Goodrich, Vice President for State Government Relations at NFIB. Bonnie, Tony, Tim, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good to be here, Adam. The issue I mentioned earlier, Prop HH, is one that impacts small businesses in a, in a really significant way, and it's one on which NFIB ran what we call an issue campaign. Tony, I'll start with you. Can you give us an overview on Prop HH and why we were interested in it and why we launched the campaign that I mentioned uh, against it? When this issue came up, uh, first of all, it came up in the last 72 hours of the session when they had been talking about having to do something uh, for the last year uh, to address the property tax pending situation. I knew we had to take some type of action to protect our members. So the first thing we did, as always, is we did a member ballot out to our Colorado membership. That came back with over 90% of our membership uh, responding in opposition to Proposition HH. What Proposition H would have done, it would have provided a little bit of property tax relief, but the long-term consequences of it it could have totally dismantled our Tabor Amendment, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, that's been in place since 1992. Can you give us a little more information, Tony, on what Tabor or the Taxpayer Bill of Rights is and, and what it does? What the Tabor Amendment does is it limits the amount of revenue the state can collect and retain. But inflation, not to exceed 6%, I believe that has been raised over the years to 7%. And it cannot change tax policy whatsoever without a vote of the people. And Proposition HH worked against everything that Tabor stood for. Gotcha. Okay. Bonnie, thanks again for for joining us today and and, uh, giving us some of your time. I'm interested to hear one uh, just what your business is and a little bit more about it, but also how Prop HH would have impacted it. I have a very small commercial real estate appraisal firm here in Denver. My company is not involved in the appraisal of single family residences for mortgage purposes. We provide real estate valuations on commercial, industrial, office properties, uh, investment real estate all over the state of Colorado for a variety of intended uses and for different types of clients. I thought it was important for business owners to be aware of the long-term impact that Proposition HH would have had had it passed. The direct effect on my business would have been that, uh, similar to what it would have been to all businesses, anything that increases taxes causes the cost of doing business to rise. And fundamentally, Proposition HH was a Trojan horse. It had the surface allure of lowering taxes for the next tax year or so and allowing the state to keep more revenue. However, it would have killed 
the Tabor refunds as we just heard. So that would have been no more different on my small company than on anybody else here in Colorado. Had it passed, what would the ripple effects have been uh, as a small business owner? Well, for example, if you raise taxes on property owners, the taxes will still go up, but just not as drastically for a limited time. Mm -hmm. More importantly for income or investment real estate that's leased, any tenants would then have to take the increase uh, in taxes to basically recoup those costs from the landlord's point of view. And obviously for everybody, the tax refunds would be permanently decreased. And they said that it probably would take perhaps a decade, but because of a change in formula that was hidden in the bill, the Tabor refunds would eventually go away forever. And they said perhaps a decade. So if you have higher expenses for any property, then the value of that real estate could decline. It also could make investors seek investment opportunities elsewhere, thereby lowering the desirability of investment real estate here in Colorado. Increased taxes are never, never have a favorable impact on real estate. So that makes sense on the real estate community. What do you think the impact would have been on the small business community as a whole? Any increase in taxes just can't help anyone, really. In my case, for example, being a real estate analyst, about valuer, if the demand for real estate in Colorado declines, then the demand for my services could decline correspondingly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it just isn't good all around. Anything that increases taxes causes the cost of doing business to rise. Right. Thank you. Um, Tony, you mentioned that this came up in the final stages of session and you helped spearhead a campaign that had a lot of moving parts. Can you tell us about what NFIB did to advocate for small business owners and also the key components of this campaign that we're talking about? Sure, Adam. With the help of our political staff, I mean, this was an all-hands-on-deck issue. We had the help of our political staff, our grassroots and communication teams, not to mention our regional and national managers were very involved, and we were able to mobilize an awareness campaign. In fact, a valuable part of NFIB in this effort was our outside sales representatives who were instrumental in their contacts, their daily contacts with prospective members and current members in educating the membership to the reasons that an all-out opposition had to be launched by NFIB against Proposition HH. And Bonnie, you're not only a small business owner, you're a voter. So from the small business uh, owner and voter perspective, how did this campaign, how did you see it as helping small business owners? It provided me with the background information pertaining to the bill itself. And um, it was very helpful to have the language of the bill translated into English because it starts out, shall the state reduce property taxes? And then like most ballot measures, that's misleading, and the actual text of the measure was extremely complex. And so we were able to get to the core of the issue and uh, get under the surface allure of a tax reduction. We're looking at assessors' actual values. That's not the same thing as the assessed values, and it's not the same thing as taxes, but the, uh, the assessors' actual value on properties increasing by some pretty good numbers, including 48%, and I had heard rumors of one up to 60%. Property owners 
tend to say, oh, my gosh, my taxes are going up 48 to 60%. That's not necessarily the case because you still need to do the assessment and then you need to apply the mill levy. No one knows the mill levy here in Colorado yet because it hasn't been released and won't be until late in the year. Uh, on certain instances, I believe it's actually been after the first of the year before we have the applicable mill levy for the preceding year. So that had an emotional impact. The counties had probably the highest level of appeals and protests to the boards of equalization and then into arbitration as well. As a result, this year, uh, they had more than I've ever known to occur. And so the first part of it, it'll reduce your taxes some uh, in the short term, was easy for everyone to understand and fall in love with. Mm -hmm. But the balance of the bill was just um, slippery. It was very sly that it was a a workaround, never mentioned uh, the Douglas Bruce Amendment Tabor that we talked about, but that it would, in essence, uh, kill it in the crib, but slowly over time. That message did get out, thanks to NFIB and others working to uh, inform all of us as voters and small business owners about this bill. And that's good to hear, but I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on what it's like to advocate as a small business owner. What was your involvement and experience working on uh, to oppose Prop HH? Well, I am involved in two professional organizations, the Appraisal Institute and the International Right-of-Way Association, both of which have local chapters. I'm very active with these groups, and you might have noticed that I talk a lot. And I did talk a lot. <laughs> Thanks to the information that I received from NFIB, I was armed with tools such that I could, in essence, spread the word. And I did do that. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have some helpful conversations with my colleagues so that they were informed and spread the word as it were was. Uh, so that was the way primarily that I was able to use my information. Yeah. And Tony, what is the future hold? Are there similar measures being developed in the state legislature? As um, was announced yesterday, uh, Governor Polis announced there would be a special session beginning next Friday to come up with a plan acceptable to all stakeholders for permanent property tax relief. At $36 million pre-lunch program for preschool participants uh, is also part of his call for a special session. And so I don't know how that's going to play out with the uh, legislature. We have to do something. And what I'd like to stress is since the repeal of the Gallagher Amendment a few years back, this is not new to the legislature. They had plenty of time to come up with a plan to address the increase in values, and they failed to do so. Tim, we're talking about Colorado today, but we're involved in all 50 states. So if we could zoom out a little bit, as far as this one in Colorado, why did we decide to be engaged so heavily on this issue? Yeah, great question, Adam. You know, small business owners are facing a lot of struggles right now, uh, supply chain issues, inflation. As uh, Bonnie said, there's high cost every time taxes go up. Mm -hmm. So this was something that we, we felt would have a direct impact on our members. But then if I'm not in Colorado, why do I care, right, right. is the kind of the question. So if I give just a little bit of history, back in the late 70s and, and 80s, as state spending was going up, we had these taxpayer revolts. We've had it in California with um, Prop 13. We had it in Massachusetts with Prop 2.5 and, and on and on. Tabor came around in 1992 in Colorado, and it's probably the most effective mechanism of all the states of keeping state spending down. 
And several groups, including the American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC, have estimated that since 1970, state spending in general around the country is up 90%. Taking into account population growth and inflation, it's 90% above that. So there's a lot of spending going on. And a state like Colorado, where you've had a lot of folks come in from other parts of the country, particularly the West Coast, and they have different feelings on taxes and, and spending. And, you know, they would really like to grow state government. And really, Tabor is the thing that's kind of holding that back. And it's considered ground zero by those who are uh, following state taxes. So if, if Tabor's goes down, we really feel like that's going to be a trend that would go around, uh, particularly on both coasts. And do you see whether it's Tabor specifically or similar issues, things like this coming up in other areas? Yeah. So it, interestingly, 25 states since 2021 coming out of COVID have actually reduced their taxes, mainly income taxes, and mm -hmm. it's been corporate taxes as well. But we've seen this other trend, and that's been in the Northeast and kind of out West on the coast, where spending is up. In fact, California, just a year or so ago, had a huge surplus and now has a major deficit. And that's all due to increased government spending. Aside from this issue, uh, when you look at the 50 states, we're almost at the end of this year, so a lot of sessions will be getting started early next year. What are the issues, other issues that, that you could see popping up? Well, there's going to be quite a few. You know, we had a major strike with the UAW. Uh, we had a major strike in California with the writers and the actors, and the unions tried to push through, well, actually did push through, a bill that would allow unemployment insurance to striking workers. Unfortunately, Governor Newsom, much to our surprise and delight, vetoed the bill. We were one of several groups that re requested that veto. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're seeing a lot more strikes, and I think we're going to see more of that type of, of legislation, and uh, that would have a direct impact on the unemployment taxes that businesses play. Other issues, a couple quick ones I'd mention, I think we're going to see additional energy mandates. Electric vehicles doesn't just stop there. We see other types of, you know, leaf blowers, bans on those mm -hmm. at local levels. You know, uh, City of Boston just banned leaf blowers, so... You know, these are the kinds of things that are coming along. And if you're a landscaper, <laughs> that right, has right. a major impact on your business. And then one other one I'd, I'd mention that's a, a threat that we're always looking at is independent contractor. Um, this started out in California. Um, we're seeing it pop up in some other states that are more labor-friendly, where they're trying to redefine what an independent contractor is. And so why is that important? Because if you redefine it so that the independent contractor is now an employee, they're entitled to all these benefits, including workers' comp, et cetera, unemployment insurance, and it really is a threat to a number of businesses. And sole proprietorships are, are on the rise, and many of those are independent contractors mm -hmm. doing really good work. So, you know, those are the types of things we'll be looking for. On the positive side, uh, we're going to be looking for, you know, more tax cuts. I think uh, those states that have already cut taxes are looking to do more, and we're excited about that, and we're going to take advantage of it. Right. I, th I think uh, leaving it on the positive note is probably a good place to leave that. Bonnie, Tim, or Tony, before we go, any other parting thoughts? I would say constant vigilance because the effort to pass legislation like this will not stop. They will be back, and they will certainly uh, attempt to overcome restraints on taxes. 
uh, it won't cease with this one matter. So I think we need your efforts here in Colorado, uh, NFIB, more than ever to assist us in monitoring, uh, you know, as they say, scanning and planning. And uh, this effort has proved successful, but it's not the end of the effort for more big government spending. I'd like to add to what Bonnie was saying that because of members like Bonnie willing to step out and assist us, it's really important for our legislators and our policymakers to hear from those creating the jobs on Main Street. They have to hear from business owners. And I can't stress the importance enough for our membership to be active and be engaged in the conversations. And I, and I would just add to Tony's comments, you know, we spent uh, some good resources here. We did digital ads, we did radial ads, and those were very important in getting the message out. But Tony is absolutely right. The strength of NFIB is our membership, our grassroots, and activating that grassroots, getting the word out, not just, you know, among family members, but if you own a restaurant, talking to your customers, that type of thing. Small businesses have a lot of power. It may be small in number compared to the big population, but they are respected. Poll after poll shows small businesses are one of the most respected organizations out there. And so small business owners and their voice talking to their customers has tremendous power. And I think we saw that last week with the defeat of Prop HH. And that's why we want to thank folks like Bonnie for engaging, stepping out, taking time away from their business to uh, engage and, and advocate on behalf of the, all the small business community. And now I want to thank you, the listeners, for joining us on today's Small Business Rundown. We'll be back every two weeks bringing you news and analysis from Washington, D.C. and state capitals so that you, whether you're a small business owner or a supporter of one, can continue to blaze a trail. The Small Business Rundown is brought to you by NFIB the voice of small business. You can find us at NFIB.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.